0: come to the far edge of the Great Plains in search of a new beginning, and the last place in America where a family could claim a homestead and build a future.
1: We had the best crop that we
0: had had in 1929, and everything was looking up. A sea of grass, once the domain of Indians and buffalo, disappeared beneath the blade of a plow. I saw the whole country transformed in a sunset glow. All the brown prairie turned to gold. But then it was as if the land rejected them. The rains stopped and the winds came. We saw this cloud coming in, black, black dirt. And I'll never forget my grandmother. She said, you kids, run and get together. The end of the world's coming. It came like a black wall, a tide of destruction that crashed over the road. Planes, choking the life out of everything that's path.
1: you never really escaped the dust. It always found its way in, and that's, I think, what drove people crazy.
0: Some would pull up stakes and move on, but most stayed, always looking to the promise that next year would be better. We were just too selfish and we were trying to make money, and it didn't work out. Ken Burns tells the story of a generation that was buried and what it took to dig out. The Dust Bowl starts Sunday noon.
1: Morning. 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 Time. <laughs> I, uh, had some interesting things this past week that the Lord began to show me in various ways concerning life time I couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around it being 2020 because just a few years ago it was when you think about the 20s, you would be thinking about the 1920s. But we remember our parents or grandparents telling us about the roaring 20s, highlight of Americans' time. Travel began to be so, uh, where people would never travel far from home, the 20s opened up the world to travel the 20s. Both my parents were born in the 20s. It's hard to imagine that, that that's a hundred years ago. And the things that have happened. I showed you that because the 20s was the highlight of America. Many people were moving out to the plains in the west because it was some, some free land and great opportunities and farming opportunities. And, and you heard one man on the film say that we became selfish, greedy. And what happened was that they began to, at that time, John Deere was just introducing these new great plows and tractors. And, and so the planes were dug up. And then following that was the great drought of almost 10 years of drought, excessive heat. And out of that 20s came then the worst time in America's history that America's heartbeat almost stopped in the 30s of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. If you've never read and studied about that in history, you need to do so. Now why have I brought that up? Because all of a sudden we're here again in the 20s. Not 1920, but 2020, 100 years. A decade, this is the beginning of a new decade. Can you remember how you were and what, where you were and? in 2010, just 10 years ago. Now I want you to picture that and where you are today, that's 10 years and then I want you to do this. I want you to think and project yourself 10 years from now. It should be 2030 and what will be of your life? How old will you be? in 2030. Many of you perhaps cannot even fathom going another 10 years or being 10 years, or if you were, are you going to what's your life going to be like? What are your what what is your plan? Can you have any kind of control over these next 10 years? To a degree, I'd say yes. But This morning and today, especially tonight, I'm asking all members to please re- be at service tonight. I'm going to do the the State of the Church Address, and we're going to be talking more about the projection. What God began to deal with me this week is, I, I know how old I'll be in 10 years, and I know the production of my life now. And, I wonder what it will be in 10 years. So what am I going to do? What is my plans to just go day by day and whatever comes, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be? Or if I have in my heart a desire not only to just just make a difference in 10 years, in this decade of the 20s, But to have God to help me to make a change in my life. I am uh, going to ask you to turn in your Bibles this morning to locations in the Scripture. And that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. And then I want you to just hold that spot there and go with me to 1 John, right over close to the end of the Bible. A scripture that I have highlighted in my Bible and one of the most important scriptures that I think in my life. I look back over here, over the congregation, while you're turning there, and I think about these young men. I really, I really love our young men and women that we have in our church, our teenagers. And, and I think about where they're going to be 10 years from now, and the world that they're going to be living in. And unless they establish something in their soul right now, an establishment of real truth, what will their world be in 10 years? 1 John 2:17 says And the world is passing away and the world is passing away and the lust of it But he who does the will of God abides forever Wow. That gives me chills. That I can establish something in me that will last more than 10 years, more than 100 years, but literally will never pass away, will abide forever. Look. I, as, a, as first a man and a child of God, I have made up my mind, I desire to do something that will last. If you have, if you'd had an opportunity to read the, our Facebook or our website, I posted on there the title of this message, The Abiding, The Abiding. And the reason I did so was because that I want to help us to understand as a church, as a family, or as individuals, I want us to make up our minds to do something that will last, that will abide. Not only in their spiritual life, but that will impact the world. In the, in the 1920s, the people became selfish that moved out and had all this beautiful prairie land and all of this wonderful place. And they thought, well, this will this, do. I'll take advantage and became selfish. They destroyed not only the land, but they created a possibility that now that because of the drought that they never would have thought, what's going to happen in those windstorms? No one had ever seen anything like it, it almost devastated the whole nation. As, as a matter of fact, New York itself, that as far away as that was, the city itself began to become like midnight in the middle of the day. These storms would come all the way across, even out into the, to the Atlantic Ocean. Devastation all over the nation. The winds, those, those, that, that dust was so strong that it would literally peel paint off of the automobiles. That it got in the houses, people couldn't breathe. But it all had to do with no one making thought about what's going to happen 10 years from now. I want to challenge each and every one of you. You are going to be somewhere 10 years from now, so why not make up your mind that you're going to make a difference. I want something in my life, by the help and grace of God, that will last 100 years, that will still be abiding 100 years from now. Whether it's a message, whether it's a book, something that is written, something that is built, Something that is started, something that is created, something that is established, something that is written, something that will last. That's my challenge to this church. With hundreds and now almost in the thousands of churches closing every month. All over America. That we as a congregation would say, What can we do to establish something that will last a hundred years? And that people would still be blessed from it. In, in the in the Facebook and in, in, in my introduction to the sermon, I list I, I gave a picture of a house, the oldest house in the world, built in 3700 B.C. Somebody lived in that house for a thousand years, or people lived in that house for over a thousand years. It was occupied until 2700 B.C. It's still standing. Some of the furniture is still in there. Even today, you can visit that house. That's incredible that someone would build something and how long it would last. We're living in a day when everything is about now and the present and what I can get now and, and cheap and easy and flimsy. I, I heard someone talking on radio the other day about, they were complaining about the new appliances Their first appliance they ever bought lasted 30 years, 40 years. Their refrigerator, their microwave, and 30, 40 years it was still running. The new ones they buy, they make about two years out of it, and they're ready to be replaced. Hmm. Now, think about that. Think about the, the, the thought process that those that were before us would build things that they would say, "I want it to abide, I want it to last, I want it to help." But now it's about a quick dollar and get you to buy the most expensive thing that you can buy, and knowing that it's not going to hold out. We now spend sixty thousand dollars for a vehicle, right? I remember some vehicles that I bought a vehicle, a brand new one, one time for seventeen hundred dollars. It was a VW, but I bought it for that. And it was made to last. Now, all that I'm talking about this morning is the abiding. What in our life are we doing so that we can abide? Here's the only way that you can make an impact that will be lasting and abiding. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse number 13, look at what it says here in this verse. And now abides faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. If you're going to do anything that is going to abide to have an impact upon future generations, upon your future, it's got to be built Upon this foundation. Of the abiding of faith. Hope. And love. There are two things. That something. That is to be. That can abide. Must be for. Others. And to the glory of God. Those are the two things that matter. No person. Family. Group can survive without the abiding of the understanding, it's not about me, it's about others. Aren't you glad when Jesus came that it wasn't about him? It was about us. And his little time of 33 and a half years on this earth, it's still abiding because people, he invested everything he had in others. When it is... Our lives are implosive when it is all about us, when everything is self centered and everything is about me, my, and what I can have and what I can get. There is nothing about that that will survive. It is temporary, it will last only a day. Pleasure for self comes and goes, it does not abide. Sin, when it is finished, brings death. It brings pleasure for a season. And that's what the scripture says about sin. There is nothing abiding about sin. Except the destructiveness of it. But faith and love and hope abide. So we've got to found ourselves. We've got to establish ourselves upon these three. Faith is here. I want to give you a definition. Because your spirit must contain these three. Now listen to me. These three. Because anytime you see a triune in the scripture. You see three. It's all about one. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. One. We are body, soul, and spirit. There are three. But we are one. And these three abides. They are one. They must be built together. But the scripture says love is the greatest of them. Now, let's look at first. I want to talk about love today. But in this definition, if the spirit that you have contains these three faith, that's power for the present. Faith is power for the present. Hope is anointing for the future. It is receiving the the anointing that you can go on in the future. Love. Is action that produces fruit. Love is action that produces fruit. Love is what we must understand to start building upon our future. If you don't have an understanding of love and understand that love is not an emotion, If you get that in your mind that love is an emotion, your emotions fluctuate with your feelings. Love, that is true love, is an abiding because it is a choice. Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. I want to talk about ten things that love and I want we're not going to spend a lot of time with those but I want you to have this I want you to see this as we talk about building for our future in the service tonight I want you to understand that we're not going to take in consideration how bad stuff is I want to take in only one in, one thing in consideration what the word of God says that these three will abide. It doesn't matter what happens in the world. Faith, hope, and love are three things that you're not going to destroy. They will abide. And if you are founded in these three things, it doesn't matter what's going to happen out there. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in Washington. It doesn't matter anywhere in the world. It's establishing the fact that this world belongs to God. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one who who calls the shots in our lives, and He determines our future. And nothing else. But He has control. Let me give you these ten things very quickly. Number one, when we talk about love, here's love's action. Write these down. Get this into your spirit. This is not just another New Year's message. It's to establish something for you for the next 10 years of your life. That if you will do this and you will establish to say that in my life I will leave something that's going to abide. It's not about me. I want future generations to enjoy something that I paid a price to produce something of value. Lasting, lasting value. Number one is give without expecting. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse number 26 says, All day long he craves for more, but the righteous gives without sparing. If you're going to love, you're going to have to learn to give without expecting any else. It is not love when you give something with an expectation of something in return. You are only buying. You are not giving. Love must be of giving when Jesus came and gave his life for us. Let me tell you something folks. Our heart should be that we give without expecting something in return. Number two. For there to be real love. Love's action you must trust without wavering. 1 Corinthians. Chapter chapter 13 verse 7. Says in the living translation. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. Is always hopeful. You see those three things? They're there together. Real love. Always has faith. Always is hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. That says a lot. Because there's a whole lot of stuff that can shake your love. How many people in their marriage have given up because they say, We fell out of love. You don't fall out of love. You quit giving love. Period. Love is a choice you must love without wavering that's the only true love and number three forgive without punishment when we forgive that's it Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the Lord forgives you or forgave you so you must forgive others never expect that when you do forgive, you keep someone punished. You stand off. You quit talking to them. You move away from them. You put them in a prison of some sort of your own making. You might forgive, you say, but you've not forgiven in love unless you don't add punishment with that love. Forgive. Amen. Number four. You listen without interrupting. In Proverbs chapter 18, when you love someone, you will listen to what they say. You can tell how much someone really cares for you by the way they will listen to you. But if they're always interrupting you before you can even speak or tell them or say anything to them, they're not interested in you. They're not interested in what you've got to say. But don't be that way. When someone speaks, listen. Be gentle. Be kind. Number five, enjoy without complaint. Do you know I know some folks that complained about Christmas gifts? Amen. Someone gave them a Christmas gift and they complained about the gift. Enjoy whatever there is. Love. Someone does for you. Someone says something kind to you. The worst thing in the world that you could do is to go with an attitude. I wonder why they said that. wonder what they want. Come on now. The complaining. We, we're not satisfied. We're not happy. I'm happy. When I look at this... You know what my tendency to want to do when I walk into service like this this morning is to look to see everybody that's missing. And if I look to see who's missing, guess what I'm doing? I'm overlooking you who made an effort to be here. Right? I'm not going to complain about who's not here. I'm going to be grateful that you showed up. My goodness, if you'd come here, me preach man you've given me a gift because I want to tell you something if I had a choice I might go hear somebody else (laughs) but to hear to know but you see can we receive the gift of others presence without complaining who didn't show up can we sit down at a meal and enjoy those that did come to eat and not complain about those who didn't uh oh come on now Is that good preaching? Do we, can we receive without complaining? Answer without arguing. Proverbs 17 and 1. Answer without arguments. Love will give an answer. But most of us, we don't want to answer. We want to argue. Amen. I don't, I'm not telling you not to tell the truth. But I'm saying that you can speak without argument let's let's hurry along I'm stepping on too many toes on the first day of the year (laughs) make promises without forgetting Matthew chapter 5 verse number 37 it says all you need to say is simply yes or no anything beyond this comes of the evil one answer or promise without forgetting if you make a promise to someone make it of so importance that you won't forget that you made the promise can I get an amen somewhere amen. number eight speak without accusing speak without accusing learn that the greatest method and the tool you have of love is your tongue. The greatest tool that you have to bring about your love for someone is your tongue. Saying, knowing what to say, how to say, when to say. Learn to speak without arguing. And number nine, be patient. Be patient. Love, you cannot have love without having patience. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. And it says love suffereth long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Be patient with other people. Don't get beyond. In verse 4. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. And is not puffed up. Don't allow love. To be destroyed because you don't have patience. You will wait it out. You will believe it. You will trust God. He will bring it true. Then ten. Learn to let go. There are things you hold on to too long. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse number 31 I like the New International Version. It says get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with any form of malice. Just get rid of it. Let go. Let go of stuff out of your life. Do you know what? The shame is that some of you are sitting here in 2020 and you're holding on to anger or revenge or hurt that took place in 2010 it didn't help you to get to 2020 it might have aged you it hurt you it caused you not to be productive it holds you down you might have gotten a divorce and you can't move on because you're hurting and you're too envious or hurtful or angry You might have lost a job or got fired. Someone might have gotten you hooked on drugs. Someone might have introduced you to something that now you regret with everything in you that you have it in your life. First of all, let go. Let go. Love lets go. Right now this morning in this service at the conclusion of this message, you have these ten things. To establish true love, lasting love, abiding love. These must be. You need to learn these. You need to know these. But first of all, you need to let go of yesterday. And you need to focus. What will my life be in 2030? You know how old I'll be? Am I going to give up? Am I going to quit? Do I have strength? Do I have an ability? Do I have a passion? Do I have a dream inside of me that I know God put there that I've I've let these years go by and I've failed to act upon them? Will you now accept Jesus to allow Him to do the work in your life? Can we as a church Establish some foundations of truth that will cause this church to survive in the days ahead with the great opposition that's coming. Can we establish a foundation upon these three things that will abide and cause us to abide? Come on, if you would. This morning, I have left with you a beginning of this new decade not just a new year, but a new decade that with God's help, Jesus can cause your life to turn around today. I give you opportunity to right where you're sitting to make a commitment to God that this decade I will do something abiding, but first of all, I will become a person of abiding, as I'm going to put my trust in God without wavering. Would you bow your head? Father, we humbly come before you, and we've heard what you have poured into our spirit and into our heart, as our forefathers did in the 1920s. They took advantage of a ease time, a great time, a prosperous time. They poured it upon themselves of establishing or receiving and enjoying the present without thinking of the future. I pray that we won't repeat that a hundred years later. Father, I pray for blessings and prosperity and I pray for glorious spiritual awakening in our hearts, but I humbly speak to you that in this decade I would do something that's abiding. In Jesus' name, would you stand?